Hello everyone, Savella Morgan here. Thank you for stopping by and listening to another episode of 21st Century Hannah. Before we get started, I would like to thank my sponsors and my supporters. A great big thank you to Morgan Air Conditioning, Sales, Service, and Installation serving Tampa, Florida and the surrounding areas. Morgan Air Conditioning can be reached by calling 813-500-7765. That's 813-500-7765. Thank you, Morgan Air, for recognizing the vision of 21st Century Hannah. Your sponsorship is greatly appreciated. I would also like to thank Alba Digital Media. Alba Digital Media created my childlessnotbychoice.net website and they produce my podcasts. It is wonderful to have the same company creating my website and producing my podcasts. Thank you, Alba Digital Media, for making me look good and sound good. To contact Alba Digital Media for your website or podcast production needs, visit www.albadigitalmedia.com. That's www.albadigitalmedia.com. Next, I would like to thank Devoted, the musical duo who created my theme music. When I first approached Devoted for possibly creating a theme song for my podcast, I did so because of the pure talent I have witnessed from Devoted. Thank you, Devoted, for all the wonderful music you create for so many people. Devoted can be reached by emailing devotedministries at gmail.com. That's devotedministries at gmail.com. Finally, I would like to thank the owner of Edinburgh Dusters out of Edinburgh, Scotland, for his artistic suggestions on my websites and on my social media content. Your timely assistance in helping me during the initial stages of building this platform is truly appreciated. If you would like to help create awareness for and about the Childless Not By Choice community by becoming a one-time or ongoing sponsor, please contact me via email at civilla at civillamorgan.com. That's civilla at civillamorgan.com. As a sponsor, your product will be advertised to a global audience via this podcast, as well as my multiple social media platforms. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone. Savella Morgan here. Welcome to Childless Not By Choice, where my mission is to recognize and speak to the broken hearts of childless not by choice women and men around the world. I'm spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life, although we could not have children. Thank you for allowing me to sit with you for just another little while. Well, yes, you heard correctly in the intro, I have made the decision after more than a year of quote-unquote discussions (laughs) with my podcast producer to change the name of the podcast. The platform will still be called 21st Century Hannah, but for easier searchability, the podcast name has changed. So, welcome once again to Childless Not By Choice. That means when you go to search for it on iTunes or any place else, it will come up as Childless Not By Choice. 
So I uh, hope you love the change. I feel so good about it. I don't know why I pushed back so much for so long, but I really do feel good about it um, because I get to keep the platform name 21st Century Hannah and uh, change the podcast to Childless Not By Choice. And I'm not losing anything. It's just, it's better. It's better for people who are searching uh, via subject, the subject of being childless, not by choice. Makes all the sense in the world, right? (laughs) Well, thanks again for um, stopping by and sitting with me for just a little while. I hope as usual that you find uh, value in, in the content and that it helps you in some way, maybe change your your thought process and, um, you know, soften your heart a little bit and just help you out in, in places where others just cannot seem to, even those who mean well and, and wish the best for you. Well, before we continue on, I wanted to say thank you to those of you who have been resharing my tweets um, and just making comments and leaving comments on my Twitter uh, site. My Twitter handle is at Savella1. And so if you go to at Savella1, you'll see all my posts uh, having to do with uh, childlessness, not by choice, amongst other things. And um, I get to hear from a lot of people quite a bit on there. So I want to thank you so much for your tweets, comments, and retweets. That's an awesome thing when that happens. And I also want to say thank you and give a shout out. I got a nice um, review. It says, thoughtful and informative. Savella delivers valuable insights and resources for anybody affected by or interested, interested in childlessness. And so that review was left by photographs out of the United Kingdom. April of this year. And so I want to thank Photographs for taking the time to leave that review. It is greatly appreciated. And um, if you would like to review, please feel leave a review. Please feel free to do so. Um, you can do that at iTunes. Just go to iTunes, search for Childless Not By Choice, and it gives you the opportunity to leave a rating and a review. You may also um, do that on my website is probably easier, um, but either way is fine because ratings and reviews in iTunes is, is very, very cool. <laughs> but if you want, you can also go to my website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net, childlessnotbychoice.net, and uh, click on the Speak Pipe tab to your right and leave a message of up to 90 seconds. And if you don't like the way the message sounds the first time, you can do it over. You, you can have as many redos or do-overs as you'd like. Um, it's just that the, the message has to be no more than 90 seconds. So feel free to go to SpeakPipe and leave me a message there, and I will give you a shout-out. Uh, I always thank people, because it takes time to stop and 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 create a review or leave a message or write a note. Everybody's busy. And so I really, really want to thank those of you who are, you know, willing and able to take the moment and just uh, drop me a line. It's appreciated. Well, let's get started. I wanted to let you know up front that, I don't know, from the research that I did, that parts of this episode may be a little graphic 
And so if there are children around, you may end up answering a lot of questions. <laughs> and then I got to wondering, is this episode more graphic than the other episodes in this series? Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just that it is being done through my lens of experience because unlike the other episodes that I did in this little four-part series that I did on the four most known infertility disease states, PCOS, endometriosis, miscarriage, and fibroids, fibroids is my story. And so I did the research on all of these disease states and I, I think they lent, lent value to, to the listener because um, I got a lot of uh, downloads for each of those disease states. And so people were really looking to hear more on those disease states and, and maybe find out if they didn't already know which one most closely matched what they were dealing with. And uh, in fact, I, I got a, um, a message from one listener who said, that after hearing the Picos episode, it got them to thinking about maybe that's what their issue was and they had a conversation with their doctor. So, you know, I never know who's listening or how these episodes are helping and I just really hope that that's what's happening is that they're helping. And uh, I, I can see that in, in that comment uh, that it is, they're helping. And so, yes, I did the research, but... The research was a little bit, and I would imagine you would um, say understandably so, Sevilla. <laughs> the fibroids research in the, this episode is, is going to probably be a little bit more, it'll probably affect me more, but um, let's, let's push through and get it done because it's not about me and I'm not the only one that suffers with fibroids as you will soon see, or suffered at this point. I don't have them anymore. Because uh, they lived in the uterus, and I don't have one of those anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. But a lot of you are trying to hang on and buy time, and I quite understand that, because I did that for 10 years. So, anyway, before I go off on a tangent, let me get back to my research. So, according to WebMD.com, a lot of women have uterine fibroids at some point in their life. And I, I really didn't know that until I actually um, had a, a family member, an, an elderly family member, who was told that she had um, fibroids. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I just thought it was a, a problem that, that younger women had. But um, I've since learned, and, and uh, through this research here again, uh, I am seeing that it can happen to anyone. And... Um, most people, most women may not realize they have it, they continue to say, because they don't often cause any pain or symptoms. Uh, uterine fibroids, which your doctor may call leiomas, leiomyomas, I'm sorry, leiomyomas or myomas, are muscular tissues that can grow on your uterus. They rarely turn into cancer, and if you get them, it doesn't mean more doesn't mean you're more likely to get uterine cancer. Um, and that was something I knew from almost the beginning. So I've always, I was, I felt a little bit safer knowing that they were there, but that cancer was probably not going to happen. Um, 
So that was never really a worry for me when I had, you know, when I dealt with the fibroids. But um, so for those of you who did not know, it's less likely with fibroids that you'd have cancer, uterine cancer or cancer. Yeah, uterine cancer. Let's leave it there. So fibroids can vary a lot in size, shape, and location. And I remember when I read this, I remember thinking about the fibroids that I had. Um, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I had three myomectomies. And myomectomy is where the surgeon goes in and removes fibroids from your uterus. And um, in one case of the three that I remember... Um, the fibroids were um, on the inside of the uterus, of my uterus. And typically, if they're on the outside, they're easy to get to. It makes sense, right? They're easier to get to and, and remove and all that stuff. But when they're inside the uterus or in the lining of the uterus, totally different story. And um, I remember when I finally ended up having my um, my hysterectomy that... The doctor showed me a picture of of my uterus with one of the humongous fibroids that was attached, and you couldn't tell what was what. It was it was pretty horrible looking, and um, I I wanted to see, I felt like I needed to see, but at the same time I kind of felt like I could have gone my entire life without seeing that, and I would have been okay. But at the same time I wanted to see the pictures. And so he showed me the pictures after they did the um, hysterectomy, and it was, the best word I could use is deformed. (laughs) Deformed, a deformed uterus, and it was deformed by the the fibroids that were just riddled through my uterus, but there was just one huge one. It was humongous. It was like, I don't know, the size of a, I don't know, a, a bigger than a baseball, Maybe the size of a softball. I think softball is bigger than a baseball for those of us here in America who know the sport. It was big. It was it deformed my uterus. So needless to say, um, I did try my very best to hang on for about a decade, but it had to be done. And, and, and I do have a better quality of life, which is what he said I would have, my, my surgeon, my doctor. And so, yes, I do have a better quality of life, but... Um, totally different subject and I've talked about it before. I I did feel at one point after the surgery, I, I wondered actually if I had done the right thing and if I shouldn't have tried to buy more time and you know, no. All I had to do was think about the way my uterus looked when he showed me the pictures and I knew I did the right thing. I, I just know I did. And I'm not trying to compel anyone out there listening to do this. I'm, everybody's got their own path and Listen to your doctors, get second opinions, do what you need to do. But I know for me, it was the best course of action. So anyway, um, they continue on to say that um, they can show up in your uterus, uterine wall, or on its surface. They can also attach to your uterus by a stalk or stem-like structure. I don't remember seeing any of those in any of my surgeries, but... uh, I don't know. That's uh, interesting. That's all I can say. They It's like an attack, really. But um, they continue on to say, some are so small that your doctor can't even see them with the naked eye. 
Others grow in big masses that can affect the size and shape of the uterus. Kind of what I was just talking about. It completely deformed my uterus. Um, or they, or, well, that one that I saw that completely deformed my uterus. There were other smaller ones there. And um, one of my surgeries, they took out 27 fibroids. I think it was the second surgery. The first surgery, they removed 12. The second surgery it was 27, and after that, I just didn't care anymore. The third one, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. And um, they uh, also say that uterine fibroids usually appear in women of childbearing age, generally between ages 30 and 40, but they can show up at any age, kind of like what I was saying in the beginning about this elderly family member. You know, they can show up at any age. Just uh, that really amazed me. If I had to say this was um, as in the other episodes that I did in this series where some things were a surprise to me, this one was a surprise to me that they could show up at any age. And um, this I knew. They are also more common in African-American women or I say black women, more common in black women than in white women and tend to show up earlier and grow quicker. In black women as well and uh, nobody knows why doctors don't know why that is then I switched over to the um, health remedies journal and remember I'll put the links to both of these sites in the show notes so that you can do some more digging and more research on your own but yeah I went over to health remedies journal um, their website and they say that fibroids are um, the causes symptoms and treatments Fibroids are non-cancerous benign tumors that grow from the muscle layers of the uterus or the womb. They are also known as uterine fibroids, or there's that word again, leiomyomas or myomas. Fibroids are growths of smooth muscle and can vary from the size of a bean to as large as a melon. Fibroids are lumps that can grow on the inside, outside, or the wall of the uterus. And then they go on to give some symptoms, and I'll give you some of the symptoms here. Some symptoms include excessive menstrual bleeding. I know that some women like bleed on and on and on. It's like the bleeding doesn't stop. And um, that, that happened to me off and on throughout my 10 years. Not every month, but you know, off and on it would happen where I, my period would just go on forever. And so um, excessive menstrual bleeding is what they're talking about there. Longer than usual menstruation, over time, um, abnormally excessive bleeding may also lead to other potentially serious side effects. Um, as in, in the case for me, it was low iron. My iron was low all the time. I lived on ferrous sulfate, on uh, the, the, the highest dose highest over-the-counter dose and um, at times even it was dangerously low but somehow it's amazing the body is amazing somehow my body just got acclimated to the low iron and you know my doctor would always ask me how do you function <laughs> how do you function with such low iron and you know he was always on me to make sure I was taking my iron medication and um, I even had to have IV iron on, on a couple of occasions. And that's one of the things that he told me that after I had the, the um, hysterectomy, I wouldn't have to deal with the low iron issue anymore. 
But yeah, during during the time before my hysterectomy, I had to sit there and have IV iron. Just, you know, sit, sit I think it, it took a couple, maybe an hour or so, hour and a half to sit there and let the, um, the iron just go into my arm via IV. And uh, that's how low my iron would get sometimes. So, but it, I never felt... Um, I think I feel more fuzzy in the brain now <laughs> than I did back then. And now I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't remember that word. What's that word? <laughs> I think that's age. But I, I never really felt like that back then. But they say when you have low iron like that, you can get really fuzzy brain. And I think it's mentioned in one of the, the um, on, in one of the lists, you know, further down in the list. But um, I just, my body just got acclimated to it. I just got used to it. But I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, another um, another thing that could happen is fullness in the lower abdomen. Um, I don't really remember feeling full, but I did feel pressure on my bladder just before one of my surgeries. It was a very scary feeling. Um, the pressure of needing to go to the bathroom but not being able to go. Um, that was pretty scary for me. And I think, that, yeah, that was just before surgery number two. You can also have pelvic or lower back pain. As fibroids grow in size, they can apply extra pressure on the neighboring organs and cause unwarranted pain in the pelvic area. The pain may also radiate to the lower back, and some women may also feel the pain extending into their legs. I had the back pain and always sat with a support pillow behind my lower back. And fortunately, I had a vehicle at the time that had uh, lumbar support. So for many years, I, I had a lot of support when I was driving by just um, having the lumbar, um, you know, support there for me. But um, if you don't have lumbar support, get a pillow. <laughs> get a pillow for your vehicle. Get a pillow for your, um, for your chair at work. Um, or in your office, just, you know, do what you need to do. Uh, another issue was um, frequent urination. And um, I don't remember that. It may have happened maybe before one of my surgeries, but um, I don't really remember it like that. So everybody's different, and that's another thing you have to keep in mind. We're all so very different. We can't compare... Um, you know, our journey to anyone else's, even if we have similar journeys, similar um, issues, similar disease states, we are all still individuals. So please keep that in mind and uh, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Um, loss of bladder control. <laughs> um, that's another issue. I don't remember that happening for me either. But loss of bladder control is another one constipation. I always um, like uh, assume the constipation if I, you know, when I did, I'm not if, when I did have it from time to time, it was from the iron pills, but who knows, you know, um, it could have been that too. But um, the explanation, you know, it makes sense that earlier explanation regarding affected organs, because um, they say the constipation can uh, cause bloating, of course, and even diarrhea for some. So it's like it's causing two different things at the same time. 
And then that also depends on where the fibroid growth is located. If it's towards the back, the pressure is applied to the rectum and can cause the constipation. So it's, it's amazing how everything is kind of connected. So, um, yeah, again, organs being affected by fibroids. I don't know if some people even think about that. And then, of course, reproductive problems. Um, fibroids that develop in the cavity of the uterus may cause infertility by preventing implantation. Fibroids may also block the fallopian tubes, causing problems in conceiving. And in these cases, blockage of the fallopian tube causes, caused by fibroids does not permit the embryo to enter into the cavity of the uterus. So there you go. They didn't mention that on this list, but um, if you get pregnant while you have the fibroids, the fibroids can grow with the baby. And um, that could possibly lead to miscarriage as well. So um, that's something to keep in mind also. I guess that's why um, after my, I think my first surgery, the doctor said, okay, they're gone now, go out and get pregnant. Problem was I didn't have anybody to get pregnant with, so that didn't happen. But that's why they tell you that, because I've heard other women tell me that too. They're like, okay, the fibroids are gone now, so we're trying to get pregnant now. So that's why they tell you that. Another thing is abdominal swelling. Depending on the size and number of fibroids present, the condition can occasionally cause the uterus to grow to the size of a five-month pregnancy. Now, that did happen to me. It was very embarrassing. Um, this symptom can be observed as an enlarged belly or swelling in the abdomen. And in my case, I remember wearing my shirts and blouses out all the time and long. I used to feel so ashamed because I'm like, yeah, I'm not pregnant. But... Um, I was so not used to having a tummy. I never had one growing up. And um, it could be because I used to do 100 sit-ups a day when I was in high school. I just never had a tummy issue until this fibroid <laughs> attack. And then that just changed everything. But um, yeah, I had to wear my shirts and blouses out. Never tucked them in after, after this you know, attack of the fibroids. And then anemia, as I mentioned earlier, the heavy bleeding experience with fibroids can sometimes cause a woman to become anemic. With heavy menstrual bleeding persisting over time, the body may not be able to make new blood cells fast enough to replace those that have been lost. In such instances, some women with fibroids may need to take iron pills to compensate for the loss of blood. At the same time, anemia may also result in fatigue, weakness, fuzzy thinking, and moderate to severe lightheadedness. Now, I mentioned earlier that, yeah, I was anemic. And I did have the lightheadedness um, from time to time, especially if you get up suddenly. I just, um, I would have to wait a second because I got really lightheaded. So, yeah, fuzziness, not so much. Uh, fatigue... Uh, maybe a little bit from time to time. Weakness, yeah. From time to time I'd feel weak. But never the fuzzy thinking. So that's basically, those are the, the symptoms of fibroids and um, the results of what fibroids can do to you. So if you suffer with fibroids or you think you might, um, definitely please go get yourself checked out. Um, make sure 
find out what it is. If if any of these things, any of these symptoms sound familiar to you, check yourself out. And um, if you know that you have fibroids, make sure you have the right doctor. Because um, as I, I've mentioned several times in previous episodes, uh, one of the first doctors I went to um, wanted to do a hysterectomy right away. And um, he had already asked me if I had children and if I were married and all of that. I said, no, none of the above. But he still suggested a hysterectomy. And so I ran for the hills, you know, because if he wanted to quickly do a hysterectomy, I was just going to be a little check mark, maybe practice for him. And I wanted I wanted the opportunity to have children. And so I got a second opinion. And my second opinion doctor is the doctor who did two of my surgeries, and um, basically, as I always say, he waited with me until I ran out of time, and I made the decision to have the hysterectomy. Um, I think he may have suggested it one time, but he said, when I'm ready. He never tried to compel me to do it. Um, When I was ready, he said he would do whatever I wanted, and um, when I finally made the decision to have the hysterectomy, He said, I know it was a tough decision for you to make, but uh, I can tell you that it will, it will exponentially uh, increase your quality of life. And he was right. I didn't feel good about it because uh, with the hysterectomy, all of my dreams of, of possibly having a baby were gone. It was, it was finality, if that's a word, at, um, after the, you know, making the decision to have the hysterectomy. It was like putting um, a period at the end of a sentence. It was final. And so he, he, was, he was a very, very kind doctor. And um, he was right. My quality of life has increased. I don't have those monthly fears of accidents that were happening up until the very last moment. Every month was an accident, um, or at least one. And um, I don't have to deal with that anymore. I don't have to deal with the embarrassment and the fear and planning <laughs> that that I have to put it I had to put in and and those some of you may know what I'm talking about. You have to plan your trips and plan your life around your period when you have fibroids and um they're they basically run your life. So definitely make sure that you are um that you have a doctor and that you're not just trying to go this alone and try to fix it. Um, Even if you wait, if you find the right doctor, that doctor will wait with you. So don't be afraid to go to the doctor because you don't want to hear the bad news or um, don't let the doctor make a decision for you. Nobody knows your body like you do, but if you find the right doctor, you can make that decision together. So um, if you have fibroids, hang in there. I can't tell you what to do. I will not (laughs) tell you what to do. I can only tell you about my experiences. And I can definitely tell you that I understand and know how you feel. Because I've been there, done that. My journey was a 10-year journey of dealing with these things. And uh, I don't know if they'll ever find a cure or find out what the reason is for them. But um, either way, for you, in the meantime, do the best you can with where you are, with the right doctor. And uh, do your research. I did a lot of research when I was dealing with the fibroids. 
Um, I, I, I listened to what my doctor had to say and I went home and I researched what he said. I researched medications. I researched the hysterectomy. I researched the myomectomies that I had. I did my research and he was always, <laughs> he was always happy that I did that. And you know, any doctor, most doctors would be happy that you're actually doing the research and not walking into his, his office absolutely clueless and that you walk in with questions, you have your list of questions and um, just, you know, be informed about what's going on with you. That's, you're the best patient when you're informed and when you've done the research and you've asked questions. And if you have a doctor that doesn't want you to ask questions, switch doctors. Okay, that's just it. Just switch doctors because um, they, should, they should allow you to ask questions. It's your body. And I don't care if they've done a thousand of these um, surgeries, whether it's a myomectomy or a hysterectomy. You're not the thousand people. You are you. You are an individual. So be prepared with your questions and with your research. And I hope this um, episode has been helpful to you. Um, it was very interesting going through it for myself. It kind of brought back a, a lot of memories as I did the research and even just recording it just now. Um, just, yeah, it brought back some memories, but you know, it, it is what it is. We are not all going to get what we want out of this life. Um, what I always say is to do the best with what you do have and where you are. And uh, just don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't try to live the life of anyone else. Do what's best for you. And uh, it's not that you're being selfish. It's just that you're exercising common sense and wanting to, to live this short life the best way that you possibly can. So I hope that this was helpful to you. If it if it was, please let me know. Tell me. Drop me a line, as I said in the beginning. Um, remember, I'm going to put all of this information in the show notes. If you want to email me, my email address is sevilla at sevillamorgan.com. That's sevilla at sevillamorgan.com. Um, you can leave me the speak pipe message on my website. Just go to the homepage, www.childlessnotbychoice.net. Look to your right. Click on the Speak Pipe tab and leave me a message of up to 90 seconds. And um, you can also Facebook message me. Um, you can direct message me on Twitter. Give me 24 hours or so to respond. And I will do that. I will respond. So that's what I'm here for. This is my mission. And uh, I live for this. Remember also that I have a couple of groups on Facebook. So there's a closed group and a private group. If you want to join the private group, let me know and I'll put you in there. Otherwise, most people are joining the closed group now. And honestly, I've been thinking about closing the, um, the private group and merging it. And I've already asked the people in the private group how they felt. So it's something I'm thinking about, but if you contact me and tell me that you want to be in the private group and not the closed group, I will keep it open. I'll keep it open for one person. If you just simply say, look, I want to um, get into the community and um, be involved, but I don't want to be in the closed group. I want to be in the private group. I'll leave it open. 
Otherwise, I'm, I'm considering merging the two groups together. So uh, let me know uh, if you have any questions finding the groups on Facebook. You should be able to find them directly through the website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net. There's a link on the website that takes you to the closed group. But um, if you have any problems, let me know. And I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. I think I've kept you long enough. I can't think of anything else that um, I need to mention here. But if there is anything else, I will put it in the show notes. Um, remember also, uh, there. Oh, how could I forget this? Oh my goodness. There is a special Mother's Day episode that by the time you hear this, will already have been posted on my, um, well, I think, yeah, by the time you hear this, it should already be there. It's going to be directly on the website. I'm not adding it into the uh, podcast here on the podcast channel, into the RSS feed. I'm putting it directly to the website. So if you want to hear my special Mother's Day episode, you will have to go to the website to hear it www.childlessnotbychoice.net and um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope it brings value. Definitely let me know what you think about that and going forward I will be putting special bonus episodes on the website and of course I also have the blog on the childlessnotbychoice.net website now as well. As you know I have uh, the civillamorgan.com website where I have tons of other blogs because I write on so many other subjects, but I recently started blogging on the subject of childless not by choice, and that blog is on the .net site. So go to the site, check it out. There's always something new going on. It's always being updated. It's not a stagnant site at all. I'm always keeping it fresh, and um, so just check it out. Go visit, hang out a while. And uh, of course, always let me know what you think, okay? Well, thanks again for listening and have a great one. Talk to you soon. Bye.